I figured I would uh I figured I'd try something besides a black shirt today. It looks good. You look good. Well, I saw I saw an old podcast where I was wearing a white shirt and I was like, "Oh, that was pretty cool. That looks nice." <laughs> it's different cuz literally 99.9999999% of the time I'm wearing a black shirt. Because it's thin, it's slimming. You can't see the fat parts. <laughs> Because the fat parts blend into the back parts. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Dude, I'm telling you, I'm going to start a clothing company, and I think I'm going to call it Bobby Black's Sportswear for the Talented or something. I don't know what I'm going to call it. Bobby Black's Sportswear for the Talented? (laughs) I don't know what I'm going to call it, but I'm gonna call it, it's going to be Bobby Bla- Bobby Blacks, and basically it's going to be everything's going to be made from a this black cloth that reflects absolutely zero light. <laughs> <laughs> so when you once you put it on, no light is reflected, so it's just like a fucking like a black hole. You just disappear. <laughs> you just are like a floating head. It's just a head. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, dude. Here's who's buying. All of it. Bobby? Bobby Bob Schneider's buying all of Bobby Black's sportswear for talented people. Yeah, I'm buying the entire line of clothing immediately, like without even thinking about it, dude. Here's what I've been buying. All 100% Michael Jordan clothing. Are you cereal? I'm for cereal. Uh, I got the jump man, you know, the logo of him jumping with his legs apart. Got the fucking shorts, got the workout pants, got the hat. I'm going to be getting a jersey real soon. Holy shit. Yeah, it's the it's wow. for real. It's for real, man. Well, first of all, we got a few new patrons. So let's say thank you to them because it's so cool that people are supporting the show. Diamaressa Strom is a patron. Amazing name. Hey. Love that name. Hey. Hey. Uh, and I think that might be it for now. I didn't flag some <laughs> of these. I don't want to waste anyone's time looking. We got all these Patreon members. Let's let's go down the list. <laughs> We've got Diaphragm Brizzy Bears. <laughs> Uh, and that's it. All right, I'll tell you what we do have. <clears throat> I may have overshot that a little bit. Sorry. Hey, man, I'm trying to I'm trying to get figure all this out. All right. uh, we do have some emails. You can email us, bobandclint at gmail.com. We love hearing from our listeners. And uh, we got an email here from JP about Doc McGee. He says, what's okay. up, fellas? Hope you're staying safe and sane. Speaking of sanity or lack thereof, I was listening to another podcast. It's the Scorpions podcast called The Wind of Change. Everyone's kind of freaking out about it, about how the CIA helped them write a song. I haven't heard it. Anyway. He says, one of the episodes is focused on Doc McGee. He says, the stories are insane. I know Bob was repped by Doc for a stretch, so I figured I'd pass it along. No real question or anything, just an interesting listen about a dude with a crazy life. And of course, if there are any stories about Doc McGee Bob would like to share, and then he says, anyway, all the best, JP. Thanks for the email, JP. What do you think, Bob? Is there a Doc McGee anecdote you can share with us? Because he was your manager for how long? For a while. uh, Probably four years, five years. I'll tell you, well, I don't... (laughs) I don't really have any great man. Nobody has the stories like Doc McGee though. Doc McGee has the best stories. Him and his brother both are the greatest storytellers in the world, man. You will laugh and you will be just like, what the fuck dude? Cause he managed everybody. And so Doc McGee managed Motley Crue, Scorpions, Bon Jovi, Kiss, uh, well, he manages Kiss now, but in the 80s, he managed all those Skid Row, I think, maybe. So he managed all these groups. 
And that was like the heyday yeah. of hedonism with right. those bands. So he's just got crazy, crazy stories from all those bands. I didn't know he managed Motley. So he, he says he managed Motley Crue from 82 to 89. So that's just right there, dude. Bon Jovi from 84 to 91. Wow. Yeah. He, I mean, at the height of their, of their, uh, yeah, he's told me, but I'm not good at telling, retelling stories, but he's, he's great. But I met him because this is kind of a story. It's not really a Doc McGee story, but so oh, perfect. back in, back in, ni- <laughs> <laughs> great. <laughs> oh, there's your lovely wife. In the in the shot, hi. She's like, she can't hear this. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, bro? Fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. Man. Anyways, let me just keep telling this story. <laughs> so, uh. So back in 99, I recorded this record with a friend of mine, Carl Thiel, called Lonely Land. And I started selling it out of one record st- uh, store in Austin called Waterloo Records. Great record store. And uh, it started showing up on this independent record chart just because I was selling so many records out of this one store. And so it popped up on Universal's, like somebody at Universal Records saw this thing and was like, what the fuck? So I, I got a call from the president of Universal Records, Monty Littman. He calls me up and he's like, hey, I'm Monty Littman. I'm the president of this record company. I mean, dude, Universal Records is like- It's a big record label. Huge. Like the number one record label in the world. So, and this guy's just calling me out of the blue. Like, I don't even know how he got my number. And I'm like, oh, hey, how you doing? And he's like, hey, what's up with this Lonely Land record? I'm like, ah, oh, I recorded it and I just sell it out of this one record store and that's about it. And he's like, well, let me know if there's anything I can ever do for him. I'm like, okay, no problem. Bye. A couple months go by. Calls me up again. Sorry about that. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. I just fucking vomited uh, into my own ass hole. Uh, <laughs> I filled up my whole asshole with vomit and then I... Chugged it all back in through my anal <laughs> glands. Uh, anyways, he uh, he calls me up again. He's like, hey, what's up? What's up? Uh, record still doing it. Because, I mean, literally for a year, I was the best-selling record at Waterloo Records. Didn't matter what came out. Like, Willie Nelson would come out. It was just always number one at Waterloo Records. For a year. for Actually, for three years, probably, is how long it was in the top ten. Because they had a top 10 list that was out, that came out every week in the Chronicle. And it was just, it was always on there. So, I, like I said, I get a couple of these phone calls. Finally, the third phone call, he's like, hey, man, I've been listening to the record. I like the song Metal and Steel, which is what they were playing on the radio on KGSR at the time in Austin. He's like, man, I think I can do something with this single. Do you want to come to New York, have a chat? And I'm like, sure. And so I needed to find a lawyer. So I found this lawyer. I don't even know how I found him, but I found this lawyer, Michael Guido, who was Jay-Z's lawyer at the time. So you got an entertainment lawyer. I got an entertainment lawyer. And then I went with him to uh, meet the folks at Universal. And they were like, hey, you want to sign a deal? And I'm like, sure. So I signed a deal with them. And they're like, well, you're going to need a manager. And Michael Guido knew all, you know, he just knew the big time people. So I met with like two managers. One of them was Doc McGee. The other one was the lady who was I met with her at the Four Seasons and she was she was like oh yeah I'm uh, I'm managing uh, one of the girls from Destiny's Child I'm like oh yeah, who's that it's, uh, Beyonce Knowles I've never heard of her before 
she's like, man, I'd love to manage you, but I'm kind of just starting out with her and I'm kind of using all my resources to get that going. Call me in like six months and, and maybe we can work together. Dude. Of course, you know, Beyonce, everybody knows Beyonce. Right. So that was the other, that was the other manager that I, you know, probably should have tried to end up hooking up with. Anyways, I ended up with Doc, who's great. I I go to meet with him and dude, it's like meeting, it's like meeting up with like the Godfather, Don Corleone or something. Right. Uh, meet with him in a restaurant in LA, super likable, just great storyteller. And he's like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I want to be like the next Jimmy Buffett. That's all I want to do. I want to fill up stadiums full of people and rock the house. He's like, all right, let's work together. And uh, that was it. And then we worked together for like four or five years. And then finally I was like, man, I just felt bad. I just never had, I I never went anywhere. Like career wise, he never commissioned any of my shows the entire time we worked together. That's pretty unique. That's rare, right? That's cool. It, it well, it's it is Cause rare because he, he could have. I mean, he was in, he's entitled to a percentage of everything you do. Right? He could have, but I wasn't. It wasn't like I was making a lot of money. Like sure. one, you know, one kiss show uh, was my income would have been my commissions for ten years. So it's not like he needed the money, but I just felt weird. I was like, man, you're not commissioning. I I, I gotta you know let's not work together. So. Every time I'd call him to do that, he he always had some idea. It was like, hey, man, let's do this. I'm like, all right. But I've kept in touch with him. I'm not kept in touch, but we've always been on good terms. And I think he's that way with all of the bands that he's ever worked with. Like they all, like anybody that ever talks about Doc, they're like, oh, yeah, we all love Doc. Everybody everybody loves that guy. Yeah, he's got a good reputation. And recently uh, he does that Kiss Cruise. So I did that last mm-hmm. year, which was uh, which was interesting, to say the least. If you do that again, you got to take me with you. There's only one more, and I don't know if it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, that's true. I guess they're done with it. But it, maybe he'll get you on another one of those cruises. Well, the last one was going to be this Halloween. I, I just can't imagine it happening. No, but maybe next year. All right, so we got another email from Kevin Reuter who says, Hi there, I'm Kevin from Hamburg, Germany. I follow Bob's music ever since I lived in El Paso from 2000, 2003. Working at the Fort Bliss German Air Force, used to have a girlfriend. She introduced me to the Scabs and the Ugly Americans. I uh, became a patron a couple of months ago. Uh, my guitar case even has a song club sticker on it. So this dude's a this dude's a real fan. He says, I follow yeah. the podcast. It's hilarious and informative. Uh, a couple of years ago, I flew over to Houston with a friend to see Bob performing at the Mucky Duck. In the restroom, taking a piss, I met Bob taking one too. I didn't say anything. Uh, or asking the sign stuff because it would have been kind of weird. Anyways, Bob didn't wash his hands, so I didn't. Later, Bob threw a guitar pick at my face at the end of the show, which was great. So I guess we kind of met, and the trip was all worth it. Come to Germany someday off theaters and Kevin. By the way, Kevin, that pick was coated in urine. Right. Well, not a lot of people know this, but one of the things that we do just to make sure that the pick feels feels nice and lubricated in our hands is we dip them and soak them in a, in a jar of urine for sometimes up to 48 hours. We got another email here from Keith Tremel who says, Hey, gents, last time I wrote in, I started with a zip as my greeting. Today, I decided to forgo that opening. He says, Clint, I saw where you list Mike Campbell as an influence. Love Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. I think Campbell's highly underrated. Reading that about you made me wonder how you two uh, that know much more than I about music. Clint, in particular, I feel about other guitar slingers like that. So he's wanting to know who some of our favorite guitar players are like Mike Campbell. He lists some of his favorites. He's talked about Stevie Ray Vaughan, Johnny Lang, Kenny Wayne Shepard. These are all blues cats. Susan Tedeschi, who's great. He says, who are some of your favorites? What all-time great do you feel is overrated? 
Who do you think is the most overrated guitar player? That's an interesting question. Uh, I don't know, and I don't care. I have one guitar player who's my favorite. His name is Clint Wells. All the rest can go fuck themselves. Hey! I don't hate this part of the show. I don't hate when we talk about this. I really like this part of the show when we talk about how fucking great I am. Yeah, I don't hate this part of the show. It's really kind of cool when we talk about me. Talking about how I'm best there is. From sea to shining sea. He says, I'm a teacher, and during this time of e-learning, I start every morning with I'm a ready. run. I'm ready for the next song. <laughs> you know what? Instead of reading song? this email, let's do, let's reprise that song that goes a little bit something right. like this. One, two, I want two, three, four. I don't hate this part of the show. I really like when we talk about me. Talking about me is really neat. Makes me feel good and really sweet. When we go back to playing shows, I'm going to play a solo, and it goes like this. Like that, like this, like that. Uh, I've managed to binge almost every episode since mid-March. I really like your perspectives on religion and Bob's takes on sobriety. He says, Bob, I've seen you every time you've come to the Ram's Head in Annapolis, Maryland. Thank you, fellas. I don't like your podcast. I love it. Keith. You're welcome. Killer email, Keith. Keith, the killer emailer. It's that simple, folks. You can write in bobandclint at gmail.com. And guess what? We'll read it. We love it when you re- when when they read like that. We really like this part of the show. When you write an email to us, telling us how funny we are, telling us how you like our sauce, telling us that you're blowing on sticks. Blowing on sticks is really cool. They all sound a little bit different to me. Maybe gonna go back to high school. Tell everybody they look at me. You can't have my mid Hey, 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 This, by the way, this the scale for this. Yeah, it's called You're playing some sort of. What is that? The, sc- it, the scale on this is called "fuck you." I made this myself. You're holding uh, for people who can't see. Uh, which, by the way. <laughs> This uh, podcast is, uh, the, if you want to see the video of this podcast, join us on Patreon. Bob is holding up a strange wooden device that he made. I have I have bamboo plants in my backyard, and I bamboo. cut it down. I cut down some bamboo, and I made this, and the scale is fuck you. It's in Let's the key it. of fuck you. Here we go. Wow. A doe, a deer, a deer, a deer, deer. <laughs> that is not a note. Q, another note that is no note. X, a note that is no note. Y, a note that's not another note. Z, another note that's not a note. D, that actually is a note. That will bring us back to O, which is not a note. Anyways. You know who would love that instrument? The Bulgarian Women's Choir. The Bulgarian Women's Choir. Yeah, they like sing in this weird, like, they use a weird scale where they use like semitones. Like semitones, bro. Like, man, I have this like scale, right? So like, 
the normal Western scales, like 12 notes, and then they use like semitones, so it's like 24 notes. Wow. But you like it's so like it's so like subtle that you can't really hear, but when you're when you hear it, you're like it sounds so exotic, but it's they use like a different note system. It's so ethereal and I saw them one time and I dude, I wept, bro. You like cried. No, I did actually. I, I saw I saw them one time and they were it was so incredible. Like they started singing this one song and I was just crying and then afterwards they're like, That is a song about a guy who goes <laughs> off to war and then his wife is waiting for him and then he, he never comes back because he died and she's sad. And I'm like, uh I didn't understand what you said, but I understood it because the music said that. Because of like the notes in between the notes. It's like the notes in between the notes are like semitones. So like our Western <laughs> ears can't really pick up the difference between the notes. But I guess if you're like. I wish I didn't have Western ears. I wish my ears were Eastern. Gosh. <laughs> I tried to get some Western ears, but I couldn't hear the semitones. I tried to listen, tried to, listen to semitones, but my ears were Western, too Western. I mean, I like western music because it's easy to understand but there's something really mysterious about the 24 note system or even like a 58 note system or even like 128 note system or like a 256 note system or like a 512 note system or like a 1200 note system but the 1200 note system the difference between the notes i mean i can't really tell the difference between the notes in a 1200 note system because there's like 1200 notes uh, between C and C, there's 1,200 notes. So I can't really tell, but I know that there are some, you know, like Jacob, Jacob Collier could like tell the difference between like the 655th note and the 656th note, but I couldn't, like it'd be impossible for me to tell the difference, but... Right, because of your Western ears. I'm pretty good at like 12 notes, but... Yeah, anything beyond that. So, like, 1,200 notes is a little beyond my reach. By about 1,190 <laughs> notes. Dude, can you imagine 1,200 notes per octave? Per, per octave! <laughs> All right, what note is this? Uh, 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 damn, dude, let's loop that. Co write that fucking shit finally kicked in, boy. There we go. God damn it. Let me ask you a question while you're all hopped up on the juice. What do you think about this guy? This is Freddy Krueger. Oh, that's Freddy Krueger, dude. I got Freddy. What are your thoughts Hold on up. Fred? Where are you going? I got, oh, bye. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get my Freddy Krueger. Bob Hold is up. leaving. Bob's leaving. If you're watching this in the video, you can see that he just left. He's going to get his Freddy Krueger because now we are grown men who play with dolls. I see you, Bob. I don't like people seeing me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like people seeing how fat I actually am. <laughs> Like, as soon as I walked away, I was like, oh, all these motherfuckers are going to see how fat I am. <laughs> you have a Freddy and I have a Freddy. We're just two Fred heads. Hey, what's up? What's up, motherfucker? Hey, I'm going to catch you up. I'm going to catch you up while you're sleeping. Hey, fucker. I'll fuck you up with your sleep. Hey, fuck you, fucker. I'll fuck you up in your dreams. <laughs> Freddy Krueger, bitch. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. That was good. 
That was a good Freddy Krueger. Let's hear some more. Hey, I'm okay. You're okay. No, you're not okay. I'm fucking you up in the dreams, motherfucker. take so, on him dude i've been t- <laughs> i don't even know what he sounds like in real life i've been <laughs> i've never seen any of those fucking movies uh, <laughs> i haven't dude you know a lot about the sh- premise though i mean i know that you're dreaming uh i mean i've seen enough of them to know that but dude i've been taking melatonin for about the last couple months okay and i take like 10 milligrams of melatonin which is like the max yeah i take heavy ones too and does it work for you? It works, dude. Like when I normally when I would have gotten up like after three or four hours, my body's like, you ain't getting uh, up. You're staying <laughs> sleepy. So Freddy Krueger can, can come harass you. <laughs> dude, I want to wake up real hard because I'm having cr- dude. That melatonin makes you have real serious dreams. Like I have real serious dreams. You're not about to tell me of, of them, though, are you? I probably remember. I remember them right when I get up, and then I never tell anybody about my dreams because nobody wants to know about them. And then you, for, if you don't tell them out loud or tell them to somebody, you forget them right away. Yeah, they start to just evaporate. <clears throat> right, unless they're the prison dreams, then you remember those all day. If you have the same dream over and over for, for 35 years, that one tends to. Stick in the I memory. have the dream. You and me both have this similar dream. You've told me about it where you're at a party, you're looking for your wife, and then you find her and she doesn't know who you are. And I have the dream where I'm friends with Dave Matthews and we're at this party. And then I wake up and I'm like, oh, I'm not friends with Dave Matthews. And it bums me out so bad because at the party, we're friends. And, and, and the fact that you're friends with him in the party, it means that things are good. Like he's your yeah. buddy and he's a very famous person. Then you wake up and you're like, oh, wait. I'm not friends with him. I've had those dreams where I'm like kicking it with Bono and shit. And I'm like, this is okay. I've had dreams before where I'm I'm on the cast of SNL. We're not currently yeah. we're not we're not currently working. We're just hanging out. Right. But in the dream, in the reality of the yeah. dream, I'm a cast right. member of SNL. And that's yeah. what my life is. And then you wake up and you're like, oh, that's not my life. Do you, what's your version of the dream? So so guitar players like me, any side guy has the dream. We've all had them. Where you're at a big show. <clears throat> And for whatever reason, hold up. These these chicks are really making out right now. Uh oh! Don't let Freddie come in there. Don't let Freddie come and break that up. <laughs> Man, these chicks are getting into it. Ah, fuck you up, bitches! Fuck you up! Die, die, you fucking bitches! <laughs> well, that ended badly. So it's exactly like that Renome Street Six. <clears throat> that ended badly for those Dan Bilzerian girls. So anyway, you have the stream where like the edge can't play or whatever, and Bono and they they say who out there who can do it? And me being a huge U two fan, and I know how to play all their songs. I'm going. I'm the fucking guy. I'm the guy. And they're like, you better be the guy. You better really know it. And they bring me on stage, and I am the guy, and I'm ready to crush. Comes showtime. And you don't I can't, know it. Can't can't do it. Don't know it. Or the pedals aren't working or something. What's what's your version of that? I have the same thing. I'm backstage and I'm in a play. I'm in a play. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I forgot to learn the fucking lines, dude. And I don't even know. And I'm a good, I'll improv all day long. 
But in a dream, you, you, you're like, all right, let me. And I have the script and I'm holding the script. And I'm like, all right, let me just trying to cram let me it just in. Learn my, let me just learn my first line. Like if I can learn my first line, then maybe once I get out there, I can just kind of fake it. Yeah. And I can't find my first line. I don't know what the first line is. And it's, I'm about to go on, dude. And it's packed. It's a packed house. Right. And then I wake up. Why can't you ever in that moment of the dream be like, <clears throat> oh, I made a mistake and I, di- I didn't learn my... Like, it, it, if that ever really happened, you would just say, hey, you would just let people down and it wouldn't be the end of the world. But in the dream, so much is at stake. It would never get there. Like, if you had a show, you wouldn't like, I'll learn it later. I'll learn it later. I'll learn it later. And then it's showtime and you haven't <laughs> learned it. What the fuck is that, dude? Nobody does that. Well, listen, <clears throat> we got to get out of here. This has been another fun time with my friend Bob Schneider. I'm okay. You're okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. Go leave us a positive review. Tell your buddies about it. Come follow us on the socials. A few things. We do Instagram Live every Wednesday, 430 Central. So follow us on, uh, follow Bob and, and I okay. Go check out Bob's other podcast, The Song Club. My other podcast is all about Metallica called Metal Up Your Podcast. There's a Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash the letters I okay. All sorts of fun bonus stuff over there, and you get to support your favorite podcast. The only time you can watch this podcast, the one we're doing right now on video, is on Patreon. The Monday episodes you can watch, um, and you're going to want to see that Freddy Krueger shit, because that was pretty funny. So go check it out. Go get involved. Send us an email, bobandclint at gmail.com. We're going to kick it now to The Secret Weekly, which is a little bonus sauce for our patrons. And uh, we'll see you guys uh, next Wednesday. Peace, peace, peace. 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 <laughs>